It is Tuesday, May 23rd. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The Denver Nuggets sweep the Lakers. And the Florida Panthers eke out another one. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Denver Nuggets sweep the L.A. Lakers, and boy, uh, what a comeback for the Nuggets. The Florida Panthers take a three-games-to-none lead over the Hurricanes in the NHL Eastern Conference Finals. And the Heat look for the sweep tonight. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? It's got to be the Lakers losing 113-111 to the Denver Nuggets, who advanced to the NBA Finals for the first time. In their franchise history, AJ, and this was a come-from-behind effort by Denver thanks to a 36-16 third-quarter win. This is this whole series, and and this says something about the Nuggets, I think. Like, if you look at game one, uh, the Nuggets had a huge lead, nearly blew the whole thing. Didn't matter. Nuggets won. Game two, the Nuggets were awful for three out of the four quarters. Didn't matter. They won. Game three, they did blow the big lead. Didn't matter. Game four, they're in a massive hole. Did not matter. The Nuggets are the the best team in the NBA. Uh, You're going to have a hard time convincing me otherwise at this point. And egg on my face because I kept saying, prove it to me. Prove it to me. Prove it to me. Well, they've proved it to me. Like This is uh, this team is for real. Um, and it's like LeBron putting up a nearly a triple double that didn't matter. Uh, he, he gets, gets blocked on at the, at the end of the game, uh, to keep from tying the game. And, you know, this was a game where the, the nuggets were committed. It felt to winning this thing in four 30 minutes off the bench, two guys, 30 minutes. The rest of the minutes were all starter minutes. This what they they said we're we're getting this thing done tonight, and they got it done. So kudos to the Nuggets, uh, the Lakers again. Outside of LeBron, Anthony Davis had an okay day. Could have been better. Uh, Austin Reeves did not have as big of a day as he's had. Like there was a couple a couple of these guys who have been big role players came up a little short. Hachimura played probably his worst game. Uh, if one of those non-LeBron guys has a, a a little more solid day, the Lakers probably win this game. It just wasn't meant to be for the Lakers, though. Well, LeBron James put the team on his back in the first half. He had 31 points in that first half, and the Lakers were well in control of this game. And then it was the third quarter where everything just fell apart. And Nikola Jokic, you know, winds up with a 30-point triple-double. He now has the most triple-doubles in a single postseason in NBA history, passing Wilt Chamberlain in 1967, who had seven. He had, he had Anytime you're passing Wilt Chamberlain in an all-time yeah. record, yep. like, yeah, you're pretty good at sport. Yeah, eight uh, triple-doubles, you know, and, and this... It, it it kind of goes back to what we talked about at the end of the regular season when it was the debate about Jokic versus uh, Embiid for the MVP. And there was a really a, a sentiment out there of, hey, we can't give this guy back to back to back MVPs, three straight MVPs like Is he one of the greatest players of all time? No, he's not one of the greatest players of all time. Mark Jackson didn't even put him in his MVP voting. We we have reporters out there saying, no, they never really watch him play. But you know what? This guy is one of the greatest players of all time. He's proving it now on the biggest stage. No one has done what he has done in the NBA. Think about it. Like He has the most triple-doubles ever. In a single postseason, he's just the second player ever to average a triple-double in multiple playoff series in a single postseason. That was also Wilt Chamberlain in 67. This guy, I don't understand why people want to shut him down. It's because he looks goofy, but you know what? 
he gets the job done. Yeah, no doubt. And if you want to go back to, like, go find the last team where a post player was the best player on a championship team, you got to go back a long way. Like, you're going back to maybe like the Tim Duncan uh, Spurs. Yeah, and probably, that wasn't even probably. that wasn't even the Spurs' last title. But like, not the 2014 Spurs mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. he wasn't the best player on that team. I think you have to go back to the like 2007 to find a team, a, a, an NBA champion whose best player was a big. That's how far you have to go back. And I'm not talking about a big like Giannis, who's tall, Dirk, who's tall. I'm talking about a, a true post player, which is like a center. And that's what Jokic is. He, I mean, obviously, he's not, you know, your old school Bill Russell, but, you know, back to the basket type uh, player, but. This is a this is a big man and, and a team built around a big man. And may, I kind of maybe thought the days of those teams winning were gone. And the Nuggets have, have proven me wrong at every step. So Jokic is a special player. You're right. He looks goofy. It, it, sometimes it's hard to wrap your head around that this, is, this guy is the, the guy who's taking over the league. It's hard to, like, you see that picture of him when he was a kid and he had little, like, uh, he had, like, man boobs. And he's eating snacks. And it's like, that guy, that is the guy who's who's like the king of the NBA right now? Well, yeah, it is. It's that guy. So, uh, you know, en- enough questioning, enough doubting. This Nuggets team is for real. And, uh, I, again, I'm, I'm not running to bet against the Miami Heat, but I, I, I think the Nuggets are winning this whole thing. Nuggets are minus 280 to win the championship. The Heat are plus 270. Jokic, minus 210 to be the finals MVP. Uh, Jimmy Butler is the second favorite at plus 290. Jamal Murray, if you want to take an outside shot that it's going to be somebody other than Jokic, if the Nuggets win, Jamal Murray, 12-1. to This was the game where the Nuggets had every right to take a breath yes. in this game. Yes, yes. Like, it would, if they'd lost by, like, the way that this game looked at halftime, like, if that had been the end, if that had been the final score, we would have been like, yeah, that makes sense. Nuggets realized they had a three Oh lead. Lakers were playing for their playoff lives. That would have made sense. The Nuggets said, no, we're not going to, we're not going to take our foot off their throat. We are going to end this now. And the fact that listen, LeBron James at his age to play 48 minutes, 48 minutes for LeBron James, kudos to him. But it's still not enough. Like that's just that tells you what the Nuggets were last night. Like if if LeBron played as well as he did, played forty eight minutes, and they still lose, like you got to you got to tip your hat to the Nuggets. And uh, this is well coached team. Um, you know their their starting five is is super strong. Uh, you, they've got a couple defensive stoppers off the bench. Like this is a this is a quality team, man. This is this is a really good team. So. Uh, I'm happy for the Nuggets, and um, you know, and I, I guess we should say this is like this isn't unforeseen. The Lakers were a six seed, like the the Lakers weren't supposed to be this badass team. They weren't supposed to be in the Western Conference Finals, like so. The Lakers, it, 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 nice fight, uh, but this this shouldn't be a shock to any of us. Would you have rather seen a three pointer at the end? I know I get the idea that, hey, maybe there is a chance you draw contact and you get a foul. Incredible defense by Murray getting his hands on the ball. And then uh, Aaron Gordon had the block. But I don't know. I just kind of would have rather seen LeBron maybe take a step back three there. I Not me. Uh, Like, I want LeBron to do what LeBron does best and and drive to the basket. And in in hindsight, like I I think there's a lot of people who are going to be thinking what you're thinking. Uh, But. Like all through these playoffs, when I've seen LeBron and LeBron shot the ball well last night, four of seven from outside. But when I've seen LeBron take threes in these playoffs, I felt like it was out of like Mm. laziness. Like it it hasn't seemed like it's been drawn up. It seemed like "Ah, I could do this, but nah, I'll just chuck. Uh, So I I didn't mind the the play call. It's just the the result was what it was. Like you said, good defense by a guy who uh, gets a lot of grief for his defense. So the Nuggets did a really good job there. And speaking of LeBron, Scott, I I don't know if you saw these post game comments from LeBron. I, I I'm gonna get I'm I'm gonna ask for your opinion on this. LeBron James quote last night. I've got a lot to think about. 
just for me personally going forward with the game of basketball, I've got a lot to think about. What is that? What does that sound like to you? Um, maybe looking at Carmelo Anthony's retirement announcement and thinking that, uh, it could be his time, you know, like, but I mean, this is a guy who said like, I want to play until I can play a year with my son, which is, that would mean playing next year and one more year. Like does, does going out like this make it like, does that change your, your whole outlook? Does that change your plan? Here's the thing. Is LeBron one of the three or four best players in the league anymore? The answer is no. But the, you saw flashes last night that, like, he can still play at a pretty high level. And is LeBron still one of the 15 to 20 best players in the world? I think yes. So, and again, stars sometimes stick around longer than their expiration date. Carmelo Anthony. You hate to see <laughs> someone like LeBron do that. But you also hate to see him go out when he's still got some some gas left in the tank. And to me, it looks like he's still got some gas left in the tank. I wouldn't let getting swept by, you know, the best team in the Western Conference, I wouldn't let that throw you into retirement. I would, however, like to, you know, I, I have this feeling, and we know, and, and it's, this is not going to be good for business. We know the NBA regular season is meaningless, and no one knows that more than someone like LeBron James, who for, what was it, an eight-year stretch was in the finals every single year, right? Um, he knows the regular season is meaningless. What if he wants to find a way to just play less games? And I mean, I don't think he, I don't, I don't think he has to work hard to find that. I think yeah. he could just say, hey, I like... Do what Kawhi does and that's, load manage that, yourself. Well, this is exactly what I was going to get at. Is is that's the perfect example? Is what if LeBron next season puts in a Kawhi season and just doesn't play, and he's just rehabbing and he's whatever? Maybe if hey, if his team's good enough, he'll come back. If his team's bad enough, then they'll get a high draft pick and maybe have an opportunity to play with Bronny the year after. But yeah, maybe, maybe next so. maybe next year is like the sabbatical. For LeBron James. Like where he plays 15, 20 regular season games and uh, and then plays in the playoffs. Yep. I guess the, the, the one thing I'd say, and maybe why LeBron doesn't want to do that is, LeBron is at the point in his career where, you know, every game he plays, he's like, he's setting records for, for everything. Like if he plays full seasons at this point, if he plays a couple more seasons, he's going to be the all-time leader in basically every category. And like, I think for legacy purposes, I think that interests him. So I don't, I don't know that LeBron's built that way, that he's going to want something like that. I could see him wanting to play fewer games, but I, I don't think he wants to have one of those, like I'm going to play a quarter of the season and then play in the playoffs. Like, and and what, remember what, also, what more does he need? He's the lead, He's the career leader in, in regular season points. He's the career leader in, in playoff points. Like yeah. what, like I don't like what else, what numbers does he need? Well, here's the other thing: if LeBron doesn't play, like if LeBron plays 20 games next year, do the Lakers make the playoffs? Are we sure? Because if if he's not in the playoffs, like then it's a fully wasted season. Because at this point, LeBron is playing like LeBron wants to add another ring. Like he, that would be a real like a, a real career capper for LeBron to win one more ring. And if the Lakers don't make the playoffs, you can't you can't win a ring. So yeah, that's that, true. Listen, I'll, I'll tell you what. There's a lot of people last night that are taking shots at LeBron James, and this is their opportunity to you know kick a guy while he's down and talk about you know the comparisons to to Jordan, obviously, uh, because let's call it what it is. This is the third time that a LeBron James team has been swept. In the playoffs, no. uh, it was this the, the 2018 finals. They got swept by the Warriors and the 2007 finals. He got swept by the Spurs. And that's something that people are going to bring up or people have been bringing up. And, you know, it's he is now tied with Michael Jordan with uh, conference finals losses. So if you want to draw the comparison there. But yeah, it, it, it's an opportunity to take a shot at LeBron while he's down, and I don't know what LeBron wants to do moving forward because the longer he plays, 
and he's not at the level he used to be, he opens himself up to more losses like this where people are going to take opportunities to take more shots. Like, don't you wish you were so great that you could, like, score 40 points, have 10 rebounds, 9 assists, and a loss, and people find a way to shit on you? Yeah. Like, I wish I could be that awesome that it's like I could have a, a game like LeBron James played last night and open my open my social media and see nothing but hate. Like that's when you know you've really made it. Because there's there's like a, a handful of people in the entire world who could play the way LeBron played last night and still get hate on it for it. <laughs> like it, it's it's absurd to think that like like everybody's after LeBron today because if you think LeBron was the reason the Lakers didn't win last night, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like you're not you're not watching the game. No, but there's just and, there's always the Jordan defenders. There's always the like, Jordan okay, defenders but, that come after. Listen, LeBron. LeBron's not Michael Jordan. He's not. Mm-hmm. We've established mm-hmm. that. He didn't go 6 and 0 in NBA finals like he and, and no matter how many finals he wins going forward, if LeBron got 7 rings, which I don't think he will, but if he did get 7 rings, people would still talk about how many times he lost in the finals. Like there's no there's no winning for LeBron James. Like it, for if if someone believes LeBron will never be better than Michael Jordan. They're not going to change their mind. Nothing nothing can happen from now until the end of LeBron's career that will change someone's mind who is firmly set that, that LeBron isn't as good as MJ. And that's okay. Like, I, I feel like LeBron's probably at this point gotten past, like, chasing that ghost. Like, it, it, because there, it's, it's, a, it's a race you can't win. Yep. So I think LeBron is just trying to do it. LeBron's trying to put together LeBron's legacy. And in, in 40, 50 years from now, I think that's what LeBron, that's what drives LeBron. How will people talk about him then? You know, because there's a lot of us like, and I, and I'm in this group. Like if you say who's better, Wilt Chamberlain or Bill Russell, I, I have no idea because I never saw either of them play basketball, but I'll look at all these numbers and I can draw some conclusions. It's like, man, well, Bill Russell looks like he was a better winner. Will Chamberlain look like maybe the more dominant player. I think there's going to be a lot of that long-term between LeBron and Michael Jordan. Like people are going to look at Michael Jordan and go, man, that guy was a winner. That guy was a champion. That's what it was all about. But people are going to look at LeBron's numbers and say, this dude dominated the game. And I think LeBron's probably okay with that. And like, if, there, if half the people or are even 75%, 80% of the people say Michael Jordan's a better player than LeBron, okay. Like, who else? If you say, let's just say it's not an argument. Michael Jordan's better than LeBron James. Who else can you say without argument is, is greater than LeBron James all time? I don't know that you can come up with another name. Like, it's certainly a discussion. If we, if we settle that Michael Jordan's the greatest, like LeBron's the second greatest. And if you're the second greatest or in that conversation, like it, it, it's, and I, I think anybody who, you, who else you want to say is better than LeBron, you have to have a real discussion. I, I, I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing. Lakers odds to win the title next year, 10 to one. They are the fifth favorite to win the title next year. Oh, that's better so odds, short. Yeah. Better, better odds than the golden state warriors and the 76ers and the Clippers and the heat. Yeah, I, I I still look at this team and the like the idea that Austin Reeves had to be the third best player on this team in the playoffs is disheartening. Um, you know they've got they spent a lot of money on guys who are contributing very little. Like Tristan Thompson is a, a nothing. Um, I, I think that they need to, and it's easy for me to say they need to get some fresh blood in there. I I don't know how they do that. Uh, I, I think the the Russell Westbrook experiment went on for so long that it, it kind of stunted some growth. But it, the 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 Lakers again next next season, the Lakers will go as far as Austin or as uh, as far as LeBron James and Anthony Davis's health takes them. Like if those two guys play sixty games, the Lakers are going to be in the playoffs. And if they are healthy in the playoffs, the the Lakers can compete with a lot of teams. Uh, if those guys aren't healthy. This isn't a very good team, and Anthony Davis particularly has not been the picture of health in his career. So, do I want to bet on Anthony Davis staying healthy for an, another full season and another full playoffs? Probably not. 
So we had the sweep here in the Western Conference Finals. Will we get the sweep tonight in the Eastern Conference Finals? The Heat one and a half point favorites over the Boston Celtics. I say yes. I think the series is over and the Celtics checked out much like they checked out in the third quarter of the last game. Well, really the second quarter of the last game. Uh, So I think that this is going to be uh, a Heat sweep and then several off days before the NBA Finals. Yeah, we're gonna have some uh, some time. It looks like uh, I I tend to agree with you. I, I think the Heat get the job done. Um, this feels also like a big Jimmy Butler day. Uh, the idea that the the Heat dominated Game Three and Jimmy Butler was kind of just there, uh, not not really doing Jimmy Butler things. That's promising for the Heat. Like if they can dominate that game without Jimmy Butler going off. Once Jimmy and Bam get going, this is this is going to be a tough team to beat. And I, I'm with you. I said this on yesterday's show. I re, I'll reiterate it today before game four. The Celtics quit in game three. Like, yep. they stopped trying. Absolutely. And if you are willing to quit in game three of the Eastern Conference Finals, and not quit, like I said, they didn't quit down 20 with, with three minutes left. They quit in the third quarter. If you're a t- if you're the kind of team who quits in the third quarter, I don't believe in you. I am not going to believe in you. So uh, I I think the Heat get it get the job done here, uh, and, and then we we wait for this uh, we wait for this finals between the two teams. Like it, it feels like the two most deserving teams. Like the Heat have have really left no doubt that they were the team in the East. Like they've they've dominated every series. Like that that's it's crazy to me that the toughest series for the Heat was the Knicks. <laughs> and 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 that was like a walkover. So the the Miami Heat have have played in my mind it feels like the least amount of like stressful minutes in these playoffs. They felt like they're in control the entire time. Obviously uh, the Nuggets look like the the team to beat right now. Uh it's going to be a great NBA finals. This is again, I said this yesterday, I like to watch superstars play in the NBA finals and the idea that like we get this I don't want to call him like an anti an anti superstar, but Jokic is clearly a superstar. But he's not how you draw. He's not he's not the superstar you dream of playing like when you're a kid. Like when when you're 13 years old and you're like, man, I wish my game was like this. No one ever says, I wish my game was like Nikola Jokic. It, it's never that. It's always the guys who are like throwing down the tomahawks or or, or shooting the ball like Steph Curry. Like it, it, Jokic is such a weird superstar. But he's certainly that. And then Jimmy Butler is this playoff superhero uh, who has done it time and again and risen above what we think his level is to become a better player in the playoffs. So I know the number is inflated tonight and it's 27 and a half, but I like Jimmy Butler to go over his points. And a couple of reasons here. First off, yes, it's a closeout game and they're going to push as hard as they can to not have this series go back to Boston unnecessarily for a game five because the series is over. No team has ever come back from 3-0 down. Even if Boston was to pull out a win tonight, they're still going to lose this series. But Jimmy and and the Heat don't want an unnecessary trip. Also, there are so many days off should they win this game tonight. The finals don't start until June 1st. That's plenty of time to rest and recover. I can see an all-out effort from Butler tonight knowing that he's going to have several days off if he earns it with a victory. Yeah, I'm with you. I, again, I, I think Jimmy Butler goes off tonight. So I, this this feels like a, a, a big pop-off night for Jimmy. And you're right. The idea that if they get the job done here, they, they've got plenty of time to sit around and wait. Uh, and also, like, there's a little bit of pressure on that now. Like, you don't want – I talked about this when the Heat – or when the uh, the Celtics were were lining up to play the Sixers, and the Sixers got a sweep in their series, and the Celtics were struggling. I was like, man, every day that the Celtics let the Sixers sit is an advantage for, for Philly. Uh, I, I think the Heat are going to have that mentality too. And you saw the Nuggets. Like I said, they went all out to make sure the series ended last night. They did not want to go to game five. Uh, I think th- I think you'll see the same attitude from the Heat. Again, game four tonight, Heat minus one and a half, total of 216. 
Some other NBA housekeeping. We mentioned it earlier, but uh, Carmelo Anthony announces his retirement after 19 seasons, and he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's going to be a basketball Hall of Famer. AJ, are you okay with Carmelo Anthony, the Hall of Famer? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, but the way a... that you answered that kind of gives me your answer that you're not okay with it. You, you like, sighed like... and you said, I guess so. <laughs> The Basketball Hall of Fame is funny to me because it feels like everybody who's good gets in. Like Carmelo Anthony's a good player. He's a really good scorer. Uh and ninth all-time in NBA history. Yeah, and in in general he's like he he's a uh he's never contributed much to anything of of substance in the NBA. It's been a whole lot of empty points, but you know what? Yeah, he's done enough that that they'll give him the nod when his time comes. Ten-time All-Star, six-time All-NBA selection. He was named one of the 75 greatest players in NBA history. Only played in the conference finals one time. Never made it to the NBA finals. Yeah, and I mean, it, like I to me, a a good comp is Tracy McGrady. Like very very similar. Uh, although I think I, th- I think maybe T Mac had a couple All NBA first teams, and I don't know that Carmelo ever had one of those. Um, but very similar careers. Like I said, a bunch of a whole bunch of points, just not a whole lot of points in in meaningful minutes. But also, so, listen, uh, it's it's not the NBA Hall of Fame; it's the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Yep, right. And he was the key guy on a on a NCAA title team, and and uh, and, and the key guy and one of the most influential international players for the United States ever. I mean, we used to talk like in New York covering the Knicks and we used to call him whatever, like he would go into a certain mode. We'd say, oh, that's Olympic mellow because Olympic mellow was like the best version you ever got of him. He, He played 31 games, four Olympic appearances, the most of any men's player ever. Uh, he holds the record for the most points for a U.S. men's basketball game uh, when he scored 37 against Nigeria in 2012. His 10 three-pointers from that game, 13 for 13 from the foul line against Argentina in 2008, records as well. He is one of the greatest international basketball players that the United States has ever seen. Yeah, and that's something that I I, I didn't really consider when you asked the question, so... When you factor that in, and you're right, it is. It takes all of his basketball career into account. I mean, there were times when he was he was better than LeBron James on some of those Olympic teams. So that's uh, it's certainly something I didn't consider. So yeah, worthy Hall of Famer. Uh, you're not going to find me, you know, throwing a big party to Carmelo <laughs> Anthony. He's you know he's not my kind of player. But certainly when you when you factor in that international play and what he did in his one year at Syracuse, I, I think a, a worthy candidate. And uh, one final basketball note. Um, I wasted some time of my life that I'll never get back watching the remake of White Men Can't Jump. Oh, no, I didn't even know that was a thing. AJ, it's the worst piece of cinema I think I've ever seen. Um now, well, let's let's consider that the original White Men Can't Jump isn't exactly like Oscar worthy. Correct. But it's enter- it's fun. It's entertaining. Yes, it's funny. It's timeless. Like you could watch like this is the reason I, remakes come out all the time and Hollywood has gotten lazy and they're coming out with it's just like a reboot all the time now. But when you have a, a movie like White Men Can't Jump that it does last it it's it you don't need a remake like okay i guess like they do make a couple of references in this new movie um that kind of knock the old movie a little bit like they say like some of the racial stereotypes that existed in the original film like they're outdated now like they they joke sure. they joke around where they say like you know hey like they go into a court for a pickup game to hustle and he's like you know, oh, they're not going to think that you can play because, like, you're white. And he's just like, man, he's like, they walk into the gym and he's like, this isn't going to work. There's too many white ballers here. And then, like, Jack Harlow's like, well, yeah, dude. He's like, everyone knows white guys can play now. He's like, this isn't like that. that <laughs> like, that's like, that's outdated. Like, that racial stereotype is outdated, you know? Um, 
which I guess that's probably like the only thing from the movie. That and uh, and um, you know we go in Sizzler. We go in Sizzler because I don't know who goes to Sizzler anymore. Uh, or, I don't know if Sizzler's a thing anymore. Or, or or the insult saying that your mother's an astronaut. Like I, I don't get that. You know, never did no. get that. But I, I just think the original is so classic. This one was so terrible. It was poorly acted. It was just oh, so unnecessary. I've watched a lot of unnecessary movies before. Um, Major League Three comes to oh, mind. That's bad. That's you know, real bad. Back to the Miners. Completely unnecessary movie. This was this one is is up there with some of the worst <laughs> unnecessary movies I've ever watched. The well, only good thing, to know. S- save me an hour and a half. Yeah. The only thing I can say is that at least it's like it's on like streaming TV and I didn't have to like you didn't pay, pay for it. I didn't have to pay to go to a movie theater to see yeah, it. That's good. You know, so because if I did, I might have walked out. Like, I did not finish this movie in a single sitting. Let's just say that. Yeah. Paused it, did some other things, came back, watched another 20 minutes, came back. Tried to kill, tried to kill yourself. <laughs> it's just, it's just not, it, it's not good. <laughs> well, glad I missed this one. I appreciate the, uh, the honest review. You know, sometimes, AJ, you just have things down to a science. And that's what you and I have done since we started taking AG1. It's just one scoop mixed in water, once a day, every day, and we feel great. Yeah, it's it's energy. You know you're getting the nutrition, the nourishment you need. Uh, it gives you a focus. Like It's just a, it's a great overall thing. It delivers everything you need from vitamins, minerals, pre-probiotics, and, and so much more. It's so simple to take. And it does everything I need. That's that's what I love about AG1, Scott. And just one scoop every morning. I know I'm giving my body everything it needs, setting up sustainable habits for the long run, too. And so if there's one product that I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1. That's why we've been partnered with them for so long. So if you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1 and start today. Try AG1, get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Listen, we get it. You're busy. You got work to do. Kids to take care of. Got to get to the gym at some point. And make sure you're drinking enough water and figuring out what's for dinner is a whole nother project. Yeah, point is, you're busy. You don't have time for 10 minutes of commercials or scripted dating segments on your morning commute. That's why we created The Morning Show Podcast. I'm Carla Marie. My name is Anthony, and The Morning Show Podcast is a daily podcast aimed at keeping you informed and entertained in under 25 minutes. We kick off every show with the core four. It's the four biggest news stories that you should probably be aware of. And then we continue on with music games, pop culture news. And of course, what's trending, the thing you didn't know you needed until Carla Marie told you about it. Yeah, it's my favorite. You can get the Morning Show podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your shows. Stanley Cup playoffs continue to be as competitive as ever, but for the first time in the conference finals last night, AJ, we did not have an overtime game. What? Yeah. Well, they were just too tired. They didn't want to. They didn't want to go a full, uh, you know, five periods. What was wrong with those guys? It was still a one goal game. The Panthers beating the Hurricanes one nothing. They take a commanding three games to none lead, and for the third consecutive game in this series. The Panthers get outshot by the Hurricanes. This one, 32 to 17, but it doesn't matter because Sergei Bavrovsky did not allow a single one of those 32 shots to cross that goal line. How similar is the Florida Panthers run to the Miami Heat run? Because it feels like the exact same thing. Eight seeds beat all-time historically great teams. Like They just seem... Like, you'd think they're going to be out at some point, but they they just keep on rolling. Does it feel similar to you? Yes, extremely similar. Uh, the only difference, and we talked about this a little bit uh, on yesterday's show, the only difference is the Heat would have been, I mean, the Heat were a playoff team, and, and it seems like Florida needed some breaks at the end of the season in order to get yep. into the playoffs. So if you want to talk about team of destiny, Florida feels more like a team of destiny just because of, the breaks that had to go their way just so they can be 
the last team in the playoffs. But yes, very similar runs. Um, it, it just you know, hockey's a different sport, so you, you can you can measure success differently. Like you know, in the NBA, you if you get outplayed, you're going to lose most games. But in hockey, you can be outplayed, but your goaltender steals a game for you. And, you know, your defense, uh, you know, stays tough. And Florida's defensively has been doing an incredible job. And Sergei Bobrovsky, you know, let's give this guy credit because he came into this season, he makes a ton of money, like he makes $10 million, and not many people felt that he was worth it. He's, I mean, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but at 34 years old, he's getting up there in age, right? <laughs> and, and is he the same goalie that he was when he won two Vezina trophies as the best goaltender in the NHL when he was with Columbus? We don't know, uh, but this was a team. I feel like a lot of people are forgetting this when it comes to the Panthers. Last season, they were the best team in hockey. The, 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 yes, the Avalanche won the Stanley Cup. Florida was the President's Trophy winners. They had the most points in the NHL. They won 58 games last year, more than any team in the NHL. And in the offseason, they decided to make some changes to the team. They, they trade for Matthew Kachuk, and they give away Jonathan Huberdeau, Mackenzie Wieger, Cole Schmidt, uh, a first-round pick. Like, this was a big move for them, and it didn't look like it was going to work out early in the season, AJ. This is a team that did not get off to a good start this season, but it just took some time. It gelled. They came together, and no one playing better in the playoffs right now than the Florida Panthers and they are led not just by Matthew Kachuk, their big-time acquisition in the offseason, but they are led by their goaltender in Sergei Bobrovsky right now. And, and what do we say when it comes to the Stanley Cup playoffs? All you Have need a hot is, goaltender. All you need is a hot goaltender, and it doesn't matter what seed you are. The Los Angeles Kings won a Stanley Cup as the eighth seed because Jonathan Quick was the best goaltender in the Stanley Cup playoffs that year. And that's all it takes. Now, we know that no one's ever come back from a 3-0 deficit in the NBA playoffs. What are, what's the likelihood that this happens in the NHL? How often has it happened? There's been four 3-0 comebacks in the National Hockey League. The most recent one, 2014, in the first round, the Kings came back from 3-0 down to beat the Sharks. In 2010, the Flyers came back from 3-0 down to beat the Bruins in the Eastern Conference semis. Before that, you have to go back to 1975, the Islanders against the Penguins, and before that, in the Stanley Cup final, believe it or not, 1942. Oh, wow. In 1942, the Maple Leafs came back and defeated the Red Wings. So it's happened four times. That's, it ain't happening here. It, it doesn't seem like it's going to. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it feels like we've talked about the team of destiny thing, and I said it about VGK yesterday. It feels that way about the Panthers, too. Like, I don't know. They they feel like in the Panthers, maybe even more like if, if, if I told you at the beginning of these playoffs, VGK would be in the in the the Stanley Cup finals. I don't think it would have blown your mind. I think if I told you the Florida Panthers were going to be there, you would have never believed it. Of course. Well, especially because they were playing the Bruins in the first game. Yeah. So, yeah, of course, I would say, no, they, they had no chance. And, and the sports books gave them no chance. Like, their odds were, were the lowest of anybody because they were playing the Bruins. It's been an incredible run. But I will say this. It, we, we talk about, the, yes, we don't think that, that it's going to happen, a 3-0 comeback. But these games have been so close. And Carolina's outshot them in all three games. It, it seems like it could very easily be Carolina that's up three games to none as opposed to the Floridas, that, uh, Florida. That's how it just seems like that's how even this series has been. And so maybe I wouldn't be surprised if Carolina wins the next two, three games and forces a, at least a game six before they get to a game seven. Here's what I think. I think there's some guy who's like 68 years old an old guy who's retired. He's probably from New Jersey or New York, but he lives in Florida now. 
and he's taken a liking to the local teams and he parlayed the heat and the Panthers oh my to goodness. win the, to win the titles and he's going to buy a yacht he's <laughs> he, he bet five hundred dollars that the heat and the Panthers would win the titles and he's gonna he's gonna own he's gonna own South Florida uh here in the next in the next few weeks so uh we do have a better that has placed the wager $25 parlay on uh, I believe it was FanDuel $25 parlay placed on both the Heat and the Panthers to win their respective championships this was pre-flop like before the before the uh tournament started correct oh how much what's the payout $108,000 on 25 bucks yep oh my god I hope he wins I, I mean, fan, as FanDuel will, will find a way not to pay, you think? As <laughs> of not. As of yesterday morning, first, as of yesterday morning, the cash out was $6,541, which is criminal. To be F with you. you. Yep. Yeah, no way. Uh, at this point, like, I mean, first of all, I don't know how there's got to be a way to make money off it. Fezzik's Fe the probably the guy to ask about how to make money off of it. But you know, like you just got to be, I mean, able if they both get to the finals, you like you hedge heavily against both. Well, that's what I'm saying. You could just bet money against both teams. Like that's just this, there's got to be ways to just guarantee yourself money. But could you imagine that? Like $25, two eight seeds and it's $108,000. And, they're both one win away from getting to the championship in both their sports. That is unbelievable. Good for him. Well, Florida was able to go up 3-0, and will Vegas be able to do the same? Uh, Obviously. The book, well, the book says they are not favored to do so. Dallas is <sighs> minus 140 tonight against Vegas. Vegas 120 on the comeback, total of 5.5. Everything's been low scoring. Um, look, I, I mean, I've been on the wrong side of every game. Uh, but again, every game has been a coin flip. Uh, I think I got to go with Dallas at home to avoid the three Oh deficit here. Dallas has, you know, they outplayed Vegas in game two. They just couldn't hold on to a lead with just over two minutes left. And I think this is their opportunity to finish the job that they should have done in game two. I like Dallas here in game three tonight. I don't, I mean, again, I, I've watched like a, a, a few minutes here and there of all these games. I, I don't disagree with you. Here's what I think just conceptually. I would play VGK plus a goal and a half. Yes, I don't look, feel like if you, if, you, if you don't mind laying the juice, I think the plus a goal and a half is a great bet in every single game of these playoffs. I do too. Because I do too. Now, now, look, it's minus 225, but, ah, but, if you want, okay. but if you don't care about the juice... It's the play to make in every single one of these playoff games because we've seen throughout these playoffs the underdogs are winning games. So right off the bat, you're always live. It's not like these these playoffs have not been dominated by the favorites, okay? So if you look at it right now, I believe uh, overall underdogs are 40 and 35 with three pickums right now in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And so it's so the underdogs are actually leading. So if you don't mind laying the juice, you always have the chance that the underdog wins. And then you have the chance of going to overtime, which we've seen so many times, yep. <laughs> obviously both games in this series so far and just throughout these playoffs. And yeah, it could always just still end up being a one goal victory, uh, even when you pull the empty net. I mean, Carolina pulled the empty net last night with over three minutes left, and there was no empty net goal, and it was still a one nothing loss. So I think if you don't mind laying juice, I think plus one and a half is just – it's been a great play this entire postseason. That's a, it feels like all these games are just going to be super competitive on, on both sides. Yes, I agree. Let's get you set for the Major League Baseball schedule for tonight. The White Sox and Guardians continue their series from Cleveland. It's Dylan Cease Day as he opposes Logan Allen. Cleveland, a minus 130 favorite. AJ, you're getting Dylan Cease as an underdog. Your thoughts? Mm, I still have to take the White Sox with Dylan Cease. Uh, you know what? 
I, I think I will. I think I'll take Cease as an underdog today. I maybe I may end up playing. I, I, you know what? I, I won't even say first five because I actually like the White Sox back end. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I'll end up taking them today. I, I don't love it because I, I do hate this White Sox team, but I do like Dylan Cease, and he looks like maybe he's starting to find his early season groove. This is the exact matchup we saw about a week ago. Uh, Dylan Cease went six and a third innings, five hits, three runs with just three strikeouts. Logan Allen, five and two-thirds innings of just one run allowed and five strikeouts. The Guardians won that game three to one. So it's the White Sox turn for a little revenge here tonight. Nathan Yavaldi takes the mound for the Rangers against the Pirates and Rich Hill. And Yavaldi, he had his scoreless streak ending uh, in his last start. Still a very good outing. Three runs allowed in seven innings against Atlanta. This this team is playing well. They're hitting well. I know they lost to the Pirates last night. I like backing the Rangers here to uh, avenge that loss from last night. Yeah, I tend to agree. I got burned on the I had the Rangers last night uh, in that loss. And the the final score looked a little closer because they hit like a two run homer in the ninth, but mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't really a close game. They they were never in it to win it. Um, I I do think Evaldi gets them back in it tonight. But again, I thought I thought they had a real nice edge with Dane Dunning last night. So uh, begrudgingly, I'll probably be back in the Rangers again. We have the Diamondbacks at the Phillies. Ryan Nelson goes for Arizona. Matt Strom for Philly. Philly minus 130, total of 9.5. Cardinals at the Reds. Adam Wainwright, Graham Ashcraft. St. Louis minus 140 on the road, total of 10.5. The Cardinals losing to the Reds last night, AJ. Yeah, so far, uh, playing the over in Wainwright games is a winner. Uh, That's probably the way I look here. The Blue Jays at the Rays. Jose Barrios goes for Toronto. And Taj Bradley on the hill for the Rays. Tampa Bay minus 130, total of 8.5. I loved the Blue Jays yesterday, and it did not work out as um, a Vladimir Guerrero era. Error. Error. Not ERA. Are you from Boston now? Yeah. That dude made an error. Uh, his, error. 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 His error cost... Uh, Chris Bassett, a heck of a start, and cost the Blue Jays a chance to win this game. Bassett finishes six and a third innings, six runs allowed, only two of them earned. Ugh, uh, what yeah, happened? Not, not great. Yeah, what happened was in the bottom of the second inning, there's two outs. Randy Orozarena, um, you know grounds the ball it hits it to Guerrero and he may he uh has the fielding error so obviously he's safe um not I'm sorry uh Betancourt uh hit the ball Rosarena scored and then the next batter hits a two-run home run three runs scored unearned after what should have been an inning ending play and it could have been 0-0 but instead it was three nothing and that's it and There was actually another error made by the Blue Jays a little bit later. Um, So, yeah, Bassett pitched well, but the Blue Jays picked up the loss. Uh, I like the Rays here, backing Bradley against Barrios. I I do, too. I think a big pitching edge for uh, for Tampa today. Garrett Cole and the Yankees, minus 170 against the Orioles and Kyle Bradish, total of eight. Garrett Cole, 5-0 with a 2.01 ERA on the season. Yeah, that's a heavy price, though, because all the talk lately is about, boy, the Yankees are hot, and and they really are. They're playing great ball. But less talk happening about the Baltimore Orioles, who really aren't giving up any ground to the Yankees while they're hot because the Orioles are just as hot. So Mm -hmm. it feels like minus 170 is a pretty heavy price to pay, even with Cole going. Padres at the Nationals, Hugh Darvish uh, against Mackenzie Gore, San Diego minus 155. And for Mackenzie Gore, he faces his old team here. Uh, Same thing with Juan Soto facing his old team. So uh, some sentimental value in this matchup. Uh, I do like San Diego. Anytime you get to face a pitcher that used to be in your system, I always give the hitters the edge because I feel like the team has the book on the guy. Like, I feel like the Nationals coaching staff and, and their scouting department knows everything that Mackenzie Gore is going to throw at them. Probably so, yeah. That's the, uh, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. That's the way I look at it. Uh, Dodgers at the Braves. Uh, Spencer Strider will go for Atlanta. They are minus 210. Bobby Miller 
makes his major MLB debut, debut, right? Yeah, for the Dodgers. How about that MLB debut? Who's going on the other side? Spencer freaking Strider. I know. Minus 210, not a surprise. I wouldn't want to lay it, but that's uh, it's it's not a surprising number. Tigers at the Royals. Eduardo Rodriguez going for the Tigers. The Royals have not announced their pitching plans yet. Astros at the Brewers. J.P. France going for the Astros. And Colin Ray going for the Brewers. Houston minus 130 on the road. Mets are at the Cubs. Kode Senga. Coming off uh, his best start, a career-high 12 strikeouts, Drew Smiley will go for the Cubs. This is an even spread, and I I, I know Smiley's been great this year, but I kind of like the way the Mets are playing with some confidence right now. Yeah, I've got a uh, I've got a prop on Singa, and it's not the one you think it is. How about that? What are you going to go, uh, over walks? I'm going to go under outs recorded. 16, 16 and a half outs is the number on him. And the Cubs are a patient team. Uh, they see a lot of pitches. Singa, you mentioned, he, he does tend to walk some guys. And the Chicago offense has been picking it up a little bit lately. So uh, I could see them touching him a little bit. And 16 and a half outs, like, how, how often are we talking about, well, Singa, it's, he didn't get his strikeouts because he barely made it five. Uh, so asking him to go a, a full six innings, I, I don't know. I, I don't see it here. So I'll go under 16 and a half outs on Singa. The Giants are at the Twins. Alex Cobb, 3-1 and one with a 1.94 ERA, opposes Sonny Gray, 4-0 with a 1.64 ERA. Minnesota minus 140, total of 7.5. That Ooh, is a, man, that's some good pitching. Yeah, it's a low total, but this is an incredible pitching matchup in this one. Uh, first five total of four. The Marlins are at the Rockies. Miami minus 130 with Yuri Perez on the mound against Austin Gomber. Red Sox at the Angels. Brian Bello goes for Boston. Griffin Canning for L.A. Boston minus 115. You going back to the well with the Angels? Uh, no, I will not. Uh, I feel like I survived yesterday. <laughs> I, I, I maybe got a, it was a really, really tight game the whole time. It, like. One one almost through the entire game. Uh, I'll I'll take my money from my two one win and and go hide, go put it somewhere else. And the A's are at the Mariners. Seattle minus two forty. Marco Gonzalez goes against Luis Medina. Mariners no problem covering the run line last night as they win eleven to two against the A's. The next time I bet on an A's game will be the day after they win a game. So I'm still waiting. I haven't had a chance to try that system again. But the, I'm 1-0 back in it. Uh, I'm looking forward to that day. So I actually hope the A's win so I can go against them the next day. Oh, that'll be fantastic. Uh, if you want to take advantage of whatever play day that is, uh, you can go to pregame.com and Take a look at A.J. Hoffman's all-access package. Uh, you can get any all-access package from a variety of our pregame pros, and you can check out all the discounted packages we have if you go to the Buy Picks page at pregame.com and click on Discount Packages. Also, new members to pregame.com get a free $25 just for signing up, and you could use that on a daily best bet or take $25 off any season-long subscription package or seven-day all-access, 30-day all access or you can get the rest of the month of may as well lots of options available for you at pregame.com for aj hoffman i'm scott Sandberg. we are straight out of vegas am <laughs> 